This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where for the love of everything that's purple and gold and red, white, and blue, if you want to win, just put Austin Reeves in the game and give him the damn ball. It's really that simple. Nay, it's really that himple. (laughs) Austin, he is him, Reeves. Captain Himerica. Changing the minds of casual basketball fans the world over with each new clutch bucket or defensive play. It's crazy. Anyways, I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. And Tommy, how's it going, dude? Hey, man, how are you? I am good. So, um, Austin Reeves, man. That's right. 11.4 points, 2.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists on 60.6% from the field and 57.1% from three in just 17 minutes through the five exhibition games Team USA has had. And man, he is just so good. Yeah. Anyway, Austin Reeves is currently in the Philippines, which is the motherland for me. Mabuhay, everybody. Uh, I hope he's having fun, eating some sisig, lumpia, doing some karaoke with the magic mic to help loosen up before Team USA starts FIBA play this weekend. Hashtag sana all. But anyways, we are excited to see Austin continue dominating as Team USA's ultimate glue guy. And as much as we love to continue gushing about Austin Reeves' stellar and integral play with Team USA... We have a limited time with Tommy today, so we are going to devote most of the rest of our time to talking about Lakers' positional battles and rotations. After that, we will talk about our thoughts on Christian Wood for the first time, and also discuss what might happen with the Lakers' final roster spots. 
And then we will randomly close our episode talking about Alex Fudge. What? Yeah, we are totally deep in the dog days of summer trenches here, folks. And I'm going to kind of have to do a mishmash episode of sorts and pull together some separate parts to create a full episode just to make sure that you guys have enough Lakers legacy to get you through your work commutes. But yeah, we're going to make this all work for you guys. Also, we know the Lakers full schedule for the 2023-24 season just came out, but I always think it's way too early to give any sort of concrete predictions or insight into how the schedule will play out against different opponents before training camp has even started anyway, so we will cover schedule stuff in a future episode. For now, enough chit-chat because we're eating into Tommy's time. Let's talk about Lakers positional battles and rotations for the new 2023-24 season. So, Tommy, with regards to, like, do you have any positional battles that you're keeping a close eye on this upcoming training camp? I think the D'Lo versus Gabe thing is a little already tired, an angle to go with. So outside of D'Lo and Gabe, what, what positions are you looking at on this Lakers team that you're keeping a close eye out for? with regards to this could swing one way or another, or any any ones that you're actually excited about. You know, there is Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince, depending on where you slot them. Um, But any in particular that that you're uh, honed in on? I think the most intriguing for me is the backup shooting guard spot. I think, you know, we know it's going to be Austin starting. And, you know, you mentioned Gabe and D'Lo, whatever. Whoever starts a point guard, that's going to work itself out. We saw what Max Christie looked like in the summer league, but he's still 20 years old. I think it was like, you know, we've talked about this before, but he was the youngest player in his class last year. This year, I think he's like only two months older than like Brandon Miller, who went like number two, right? Or <laughs> he's like three That's months old. Yeah. So he's extremely, extremely young and raw. He obviously looked better in the summer league, but he should have, right? And I don't want to downplay it, by the way, because it's like we say like, okay, well, you should have. But what if he didn't? So it's like he clearly did something. I'm not saying like every second year player goes out and dominates in the summer league the way he did. Um, But the regular season is a different beast. He has three guys ahead of him in the backcourt, at least in D'Lo Reeves and Vincent, who are vets and play at a high level. And so like the question is like, does Max end up actually filling that role? Does it end up being um, you know, Cam Reddish emerging? He's like, you know, also a young project but has more experience than Max. Does it end up being Torian Prince getting some minutes there? Does it end mm. up being like Gabe Vincent just ends up stealing a lot of his minutes because they need to find a way to get all three of those guys minute like D'Lo, Reeves and Vincent like minutes in the backcourt. Like what exactly is going to happen to that backup shooting guard spot? I think is oh, and, and I ignored like Jalen Hutchinson, our first round yeah. pick, and all of this like he's also floating around, and like he, by the way, is a first round pick, like mid lotto. Like he looked pretty solid in summer league, notwithstanding the poor shooting numbers. We know he plays defense and he's competitive and he can do things with the ball. Um, he's going to be competing for some minutes, so. What happens with that backup spot? I think the healthy competition is going to be nice. And actually, the thing that makes me the most excited about that competition in particular is that the results of that competition don't really matter for us, you know, in terms Mm of playoff success, because we know we have our three. We have D'Lo, we have Reeves, we have Gabe Vincent. 
whoever steps in is going to be stepping in and like a, and it can be a, it can be like a kind of, you know, a turnstile in the playoffs. Um, but just like over the course of the regular season, I'm kind of curious to see if one of those guys sort of emerges as like the primary, you know, fourth guard. If you had to guess right now and make a prediction, who would you say ends up being the primary shooting guard? And you can do, this is how it's going to start out. This is how it's going to end. It's interesting, dude. I honestly, this is like what I'm saying. Like it to me, it really is going to come down to camp. And I think going into camp, I'll, I'll frame it like this. I think going into camp, Max Christie is going to be the front runner. Ooh, I think okay. Cam Reddish and Jalen Hushafino are going to give him a run for his money. And if I had to guess today who ends up emerging in that backup two spot. I kind of feel like it might be Cam Reddish, which is crazy because, like, I've been historically pretty low on Cam Reddish. Mm. He's a little bit bigger, but he can play the backup. He can play the two. He's 6'8", but he's, he has, like, some guard yeah. skills. And, you know, if he can defend, I think that he has, like, you know, three or so years of experience on Max. And I think that is what, you know, his physicality and, and you know, some of the things some of his experience, I think that might, and the fact that he's playing, by the way, in a contract year, um, in a critical stage of his career, I think those are the things that might push him over Max um, to get that backup spot. I think I agree with you. I think to start off, Cam Reddish will be the front runner just because of his experience and age. And I think by the end of it, though, we could see Max Christie overtake him because of what he's shown um, in the summer league. Yeah. Excuse my my new dog. Um, but I also think there's a scenario, tell me if you agree with me, but I also think there's a scenario where both of them are balling out in training camp, Max Christie and Cam Reddish. And at that point, I think they will just try and find some wing minutes for Cam Reddish, right? True. And Torian Prince may get phased out a little bit. It, it's all, again, it's all dependent on how training camp and summer, or not summer league, but preseason goes. Um, but yeah, that is also like a very, very interesting positional battle that I'm going to keep a close eye out on. The other the other one that I'm looking at is the forward position. Who plays backup three? Who plays backup four? Because backup three, obviously, I don't know. It's going to depend on the starting lineup, and we can get to that in a second, but if LeBron James is playing the three, then the backup three is up for grabs and you're looking at Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, maybe Jared Vanderbilt. Um, if LeBron James is playing the four, starting at the four, then you have maybe Jared Vanderbilt starting or Torian Prince starting and then Cam Reddish can play, play backup three. There are a lot of amalgamations to work with, but in your early estimation, what do you make of the forward glut right now? Um, I think, you know, I sort of feel similarly to like what I do with the guards. Like we know LeBron and Rui are going to be in the mix and then I'm just leaving it up to the basketball gods to sort of figure out what happens behind them. I think like going into camp, Vanderbilt has an advantage because he has the familiarity. Um, going into camp, I think Torian Prince has a slight advantage because of, you know, the fact that he's a vet, he's played on ham, you know, in ham systems and he can hit a three. Uh, He's the best shooter, I think. He is the best shooter of that crop, right? So, like, I think those guys have an advantage, but I think, like, yeah, Cam Reddish is going to be floating there. Um, you know, it's it's going to be, 
it is crazy how we went to have from having like no six eight guys to having like too many six eight guys. Arguably, yes, <laughs> we over indexed on all the forwards. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, so that's that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting one too. So here's the last question: Who starts, Tommy? And you can give me this in a little bit of like, oh, this is how I think it'll start off, and then inevitably here's maybe mid season or end of season who's going to be the starting unit. Um, for me, I think it makes sense to keep things status quo with regards to the starting group that got the Lakers into the play-in. So I wouldn't be surprised if it stayed D'Lo, Reeves, Vando, LeBron, AD to start, especially because I don't know if we want LeBron James playing the three anymore, unless there's like situationally the opposing team has like a non-ball handling three and D one-dimensional guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, right? So I could absolutely see us starting off with D'Lo Reeves, Vando, LeBron, and AD. But in my opinion, well, actually, first, I want to hear your answer without me coloring your mind. And then I'll give you what my, what I feel like they're going to start off with, with regards to starting lineup. So what are your thoughts on who they're starting the game one of this season with? So mine is similar, except I'll basically swap Vando and Rui. So I, I think like, and I and that's what I actually... First of all, I think that is actually the best lineup, but I also think that's what they're going to start with. I think they got a pretty good yep. look at that five-man group in the playoffs and towards the end of last season, and that five-man group put up some pretty epic numbers. Um, yes. So I think, like again, when you're trying to use the regular season to sort of hone your best five man, I mean, we saw what happened with the Nuggets, right? It's like they got kind of lucky with their health, but like. They effectively played seven guys during the playoffs, and every single lineup they used, like, four of the guys were the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, and that clearly panned out for them because they were, like, unstoppable, and, and like, no one could do anything to what they were trying to do offensively because those guys had so much chemistry. I think it makes sense to try to build that on our own side, like, with the guys that we have, and then, you know, we'll sort of see, um, you know, with the Vincent and the Vando, like, is there too much offensive usage in the starting lineup? Do we need to spread that out? I think those things could come later, but I think they, I don't think they paid Rui 17 million to start the season mm-hmm. off the bench. I will. I'll say I that. agree. Yeah. No, that's exactly where I landed. That was also my prediction. I, I just put out the Vando thing as I wouldn't be surprised if they do this, but my real answer was, I think they're going to start off the season with D'Lo, Reeves, Rui, LeBron, and AD. Because of everything that you said, Rui helps with the spacing. They've now invested more into Rui long-term with a three-year deal. They should absolutely see what he can do with an off-season underhandy, and there's no way of seeing what his ceiling is if you don't start him, right? Um, Because that'll really tell, like, is this guy just a bench player or can he be something more? And obviously with the... If you take into account the momentum he's bringing in with him from the playoffs, it just makes sense to at least give him a shot to start. And if he's truly an improved defender and can maintain his three-point shooting consistency, he is the perfect spacing complement to AD, LeBron, and also a much better pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop partner for D'Lo. I mean, I don't know what the two, two-man two unit numbers are for D'Lo and Rui. I just know from the eye test that every time I saw D'Lo and Rui out on the court together, they were money, you know? Um... Now, I could also see Prince in the starting lineup as well. In fact, on paper, Prince probably makes the most sense because he is just the prototypical 3 and D wing who you know what you're going to get from him. And he is the type of wing that historically a LeBron James-led team has always had, right, in their starting lineup. 
So I could see that coming into play at some point, maybe towards the end of the season. But for now, I'm going to stick with um, Rui in the starting lineup. And do you put any credence on Jackson Hayes potentially starting? Or would you have any problem with that if they go to it situationally where AD is the four or AD is the five and Hayes is the four? I don't have an a serious issue with it depending on matchups i don't think it really makes sense to do it over 82 for a variety of reasons that we've seen the last couple of years um even if jackson hayes had proven more um but i think like you know the minute i think we will see them on the floor together at times um and in those situations those are going to be the moments that like preserve ad's body because he can't be playing 40 minutes a game at the five like for an 82 game season it's just not gonna work yeah, it's so funny how people freak out over this fact, whether he's like Hayes is starting or Hayes is playing next to AD because they're always like, AD should play at the five. Yeah, he should play at the five to close games and in the playoffs, but let's get there first, right? And Hayes is going to help that. Now, lastly, Tommy, who is your closing lineup? Closing lineup? So I think it's going to be similar to my starters, but I think I'm going to swap out in this case uh vincent and d'lo so i would probably go vincent <laughs> i know vincent reeves uh lebron Rui, and ad okay so i'm pretty much aligned with you i'll have two closing lineups that like you mentioned so but the guy i'm swapping out and this is pending what i see from Rui in training camp and the start of the regular season but my Closing lineup number one would be D'Lo, Reeves, Torian Prince, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. And then the second one would be Gabe Vincent, Reeves, Prince, LeBron James, and AD. So those would be my two main starting lineups. If we want to get super defensive, it's funny with this team, but you can go Reeves, Prince, LeBron, Vando, and AD. Yeah. What about that lineup? That's, That's kind of sick. Like super, like if we don't need too much scoring, but we just want to get versatile defensively. Like we can go that route with just the longest limbs possible and the tallest guys and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot you can do with this roster. I'm excited about the the crop of guys that we've compiled. Um, we'll get more into it as we, you know, head into training camp and dissect uh, the matchups, the rotations, what we're hearing out of camp and all that. But yeah. Okay. So that'll do it for our lineups and rotations talk. Why don't we take it to break? When we return, I'm going to shoot things over to a quick off-the-cuff segment that Tommy and I recorded where we discuss our thoughts on the never-ending Christian Wood saga. Just bear in mind that the audio quality drops off a little bit for that part because Tommy and I were just shooting the shit at that point, so I am essentially pulling from our raw, off-the-record Skype recording. Um, After that, we'll also get super niche and super hipstery and talk a little bit about the Lakers' new two-way signing of Alex Fudge and why you guys should probably take note of his development this early on. So yeah, all of that after the break. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, quick call to action for yours truly, the Lakers Legacy Podcast. If you just enjoy consuming our content, please, please, please take a moment to rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Also, please take a moment to give us a five-star thumb tap on the Spotify app. Just search for the Lakers Legacy Podcast on the Spotify app and click that five-star dial at the top of our page. It's that easy to do. We would greatly appreciate it. It will do a lot in determining the future of the show moving forward, especially as we head into the 2023-24 season. It would mean a lot. And again, at this point, it's the only thing that drives this show. With that said, thank you for consuming our content and please enjoy the rest of the show. All right, so we are back. I'm going to intro this segment a little bit because it is a weird sort of segment. As I mentioned, this is what I typically package as an off-the-record recording that we send through to our Patreon supporters, but I'm going to publish it out wide to everyone for this episode. We're going to let you guys behind the curtain a little and show you guys what we talk about after we stop record on our official episode. So for this section, Tommy and I get into a little Christian Wood discussion. It's unfiltered, it's raw, it's a little worse in audio quality, but it is still a good talk. So without further ado, Christian Woody Woodpecker time. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. There's so much things we can do with this uh, with this group. It is. It's and like, that, like... we haven't even talked about Christian Wood yet and whether or not we're going to have him. Oh my I'm God, almost I know. like I'm almost like that might be too much of a headache at this point if you add I think another thing the... to the equation. I think that's like the calculus, right? I, I at this point for the longest time I was like, oh, they must just be like okay, I'm exporting. They might they must just be like only offering him like a non-guaranteed deal or something and now i think they're probably like offering him a guaranteed deal i think it's probably just like he want he's waiting to see if somebody Mm. will like guarantee him like minutes or like a starting role because he's like an idiot right it's like all the stuff you've seen the same post you shared some with me right but like all the stuff about him you can see it i mean this guy's like so talented but his camp must be you know convincing him that you know, to do things a certain way that are like clear, like he clearly thinks that his road to getting a big payday is putting up numbers. He put up numbers for Dallas. He even, you know, even despite the fact that like, you know, um, Jason Kidd didn't want to have him on the floor and like, he didn't play any defense and he was sort of inconsistent. I mean, he only played 26 minutes a game and they used a, a first round pick to get him, but 17 and 7 in that time playing with Luca. I mean, he's so elite offensively, but what he just doesn't realize, I mean, 
Rui had like three good months and like he played good defense for like two months and he got 17 million. <laughs> like all you have to do is show up and Rui scored 12 points a game in the playoffs and he got 17 million. He took eight yep. shots a game. Like you just have to, if you show up in the playoffs and the Lakers make a run and you just like hit some shots, but like just try to look remotely engaged and competitive on like the defensive end. Like that's how you're going to get paid. But he's like yeah. too much of an idiot, I think, to like kind of figure that out. I, I think him and his camp even turned down an extension from the Mavericks. And after he did that, I think they were like, we're done with this Fulio. You know, like there's better yeah. ways we can uh, allocate that those resources to. And it's almost like it's funny because you're seeing the same thing play out with Kelly Oubre. I mean, the dude averaged yeah. 20 points last season, but nobody wants him. You know, like the most That's he crazy. can get is a veteran minimum contract. It's because he hasn't shown the ability to fit in a system and be consistent enough on defense for, you know, a team to want to keep him out there on the floor. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy what's going on. And it, like the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, is it just simpler to get a Bismack Biombo who will just, you know, like. Yeah. Stick with his role. And at the worst case scenario, I think he was still one of the best like pick and roll defender bigs last year, you know, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like, you know what he's going to give you. He's not going to give you much offensively or, or whatnot. But in terms of keeping the peace in the locker room and uh, being a break glass in case of emergency type big, I wouldn't mind. And I think this is what the Lakers are doing, right? They're maybe waiting on the Christian Wood situation and they're waiting on, I think they have either Wood and Biombo sort of in two different pockets. I also think they're waiting on the buyout market to see what happens with JaVale McGee, potentially, because it sounds like he's on the outs with the Mavericks, and also what happens with Bertans on the OKC Thunder, because I feel like, you know, they've been trying to do this thing where, like, they don't want to replicate um, skill sets, right? So if we can get Bertans for free, I mean, you would do that, right? Just to get, like, a sniper? Yeah, I guess I would probably do that. I mean, I it's think like what they do is they get Bertans, but also sign another big like Biombo or something. Yeah, you know, for yeah. The ultimately, yeah, yeah. I mean, I pretty much agree with your take on on um, uh, Wood. I, I if it was if he was like if there was any sort of notion that like we could get him and if things don't pan out, you know, maybe he appears in 40 games, but he'll be there with like a good attitude. It's like a no brainer. Right. But I think yeah. the issues with him are like, he's 27 years old. He's been in the league for eight years. He's played on Philadelphia, Charlotte, Milwaukee, New Orleans, Detroit, Houston, and Dallas. He's played on eight teams, dude. And yeah. Okay. Whatever. So three of those, he was trying to find his footing in the NBA. But he had a really nice season as an up-and-coming player for the Pistons, and they, you know, let him go. He had a couple nice, really nice seasons for Houston where he did what he wanted to do. I mean, he scored 21 points a game, and he scored he had 10, 21 and 10 on shoot, you know, shooting 51% and 37% from three on five Is attempts. Is that what he put up? That's what he put up for Houston two <laughs> years ago. Great. It's crazy, dude. And then he did it again, dude. The following season, he averaged 18 and 10. In 68 games, he shot 50% and 39% from three on five attempts per game. He can, like, really, really, really play offensively. But it's just crazy that he's done. He's put up those sorts of numbers. He, he kind of did it again last year with Dallas yeah, on much yeah. lower volume, you know? And then, like, he still hasn't gotten paid. And for some reason, like, it hasn't clicked in his head. Like, oh, maybe it's something else. It's not just... Well, 
Well, it's like he's trying to be, what's his player comp? He's trying to be that type of like scoring, versatile power forward who you can give the ball to and he can get you a bucket. But what you really need him to be is just like Bobby Portis, which he can be because he can space the floor well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, his his priorities are just like in the wrong, wrong spot. But I'm kind of tired of seeing this like drag out. I think the Lakers are only not signing a 14th man simply because of the buyout market situation. And then we're already yeah. near training camp. There's kind of no point. All It's crazy to me though, that there are guys like V, Hamanu Diallo, Terrence Davis, and, and Kelly, even Kelly Oubre, guys like that who are still hanging around. I guess the whole league is just waiting on this Damian Lillard trade or whatever. But it's surprising yeah. to me that the, there is still quality random vet men guys you can have out there, you know, and multiple of them, but so. Yeah, I think part of it is like waiting. Yeah, waiting for Lillard, waiting for the. Um, uh, there's some other potential trade that I'm. Oh, Harden. Oh, um, yeah. Like, yeah, I completely forgot about that, dude. But like, you know, there's a few guys that I think people are sort of waiting to see what the hell happens. And then also there is this like. This is the time where it does kind of make sense to be a little conservative because guys unexpectedly get waived i think going into yep. camp like during camp like yep. veterans you know are going to get outplayed by young guys and they'll be on vet men contracts on like tanking teams and the tanking teams will just be like whatever wave them that's like a million like whatever we have to pay it anyway like that's fine like you know i think you posted something about this the other day that i quickly saw on twitter but like the daniel tice i think is a really yeah. interesting mm-hmm. i mean that dude would be way better for this roster than christian wood just totally yep. <laughs> like notwithstanding the fact that christian wood is an elite offensive player like in terms of just a plug and play fit player like it's easily daniel tice mm-hmm. um so guy a guy like that might become available we just don't know so i think it makes sense to yeah you know, hold the spot as long as Wood is presumably doing what he's been doing, which I assume is like waiting for a guarantee of like minutes or like a guarantee of a starting role. And it's like, dude, we have Rui and Vanda like and AD and LeBron. Like, are you're not starting anywhere in that front court? Um, yeah. So I, I also don't know what he's waiting for because even if the Miami Heat deal happens, it's like, didn't Miami Heat sign Thomas Bryant too? I don't know. It's just it's just a weird situation. Not like Portland's going to sign Christian Wood either. Like I know he's just waiting to see what the collateral damage is if there's like a third team or whatever. But to me, it just it's just kind of useless and pointless. But we'll continue to go on the ride. All right. So that does it for the Christian Wood talk. Uh, we're going to take it to one more break, and then after that, the audio quality will jump back into the nice. ASMR crispy levels of high audio quality that you guys expect from this podcast and we will get a little more delectable and yummy and talk about some fudge all right catch you guys after another short break so randomly I have decided to uh, talk about a very important player on the Lakers this upcoming season and that player his name is Alex Fudge so, Tommy, Cole Swider is no more, R.I.P. Cole Swider. He's not dead, though. He's uh, on the Miami <laughs> yeah, Heat now. <laughs> let's, let's just clarify. So, Cole Swider is not dead, but he is on the Miami Heat now on an Exhibit 10 contract. Uh, we wish him the best of luck. I think it's actually a good destination for him, given what the Miami Heat have done with a lot of undrafted free agent players, such as Duncan Robinson, who would be probably Cole Swider's best uh, NBA comp. Um, But yeah, with Cole Swider's departure, now comes the reign of Fudge. 
a future of fudge. Tommy, the fudge-er is now with Alex Fudge. Okay, so uh, let's see. What do I want to talk about with regards to Alex Fudge? So, you know, I guess we, we can go a number of different directions here. Is Alex Fudge the next Austin Reeves? Maybe not. Um, I will say, though, that out of, and this may be surprising to some, but out of Colin Castleton and Demoy Hodge, the two other Lakers players who were standouts in Summer League and the two other Lakers players who have two-way contracts, I think I'm actually still more hyped about Alex Fudge. And I think that might may come off as surprising because Colin Castleton and Demoy Hodge, their stats during this past summer league with the Lakers are pretty much unquestionable. I mean, they really showed out, really balled out. Shooting percentages were amazing. Colin Castleton filled the box sheet. Uh, but for me, even in the few flashes that I saw of Alex Fudge, he was kind of already playing the role that I see him play, that I could potentially see him play with the big team maybe in two or three years. And I feel like because of his physical tools and measurements, like you don't really have to squint that hard to see how he would fit. And I think there's a lot of potential here because of his elite length and athleticism. And, you know, Alex Fudge, he's what, 6'9", 6'10". is raw, but he's long, athletic, and he's actually shown some sneaky handles on the perimeter whenever he attacks closeouts. If you watch his college tape, which he was teammates with Colin Castleton in Florida, um, he was more of a power forward type player. And I think this also correlates with how he played in high school when he averaged, like his averages were like 18 points, 12 rebounds, five blocks. So kind of like in that power forward-ish mold versus more of a three and D wing type. But if you watch his college tape and if you watch some of his high school tape, at times you'll also see him looking very fluid on ball whenever he drives. And particularly, like as I mentioned, when he attacks closeouts. In those moments, he looks like a real wing and he looks very fluid taking it into the paint. So for me, a lot of people have been throwing out like Trevor Ariza, which I think is a pretty apt comp because when Trevor Ariza came to the Lakers and his first few years in the league with the Knicks, and the magic. He was very raw. He couldn't shoot. He didn't really even have handles. And so I think that's an apt comp for Alex Fudge. For me, an updated comp would maybe be like a, if he can get his three-point shot down, I could see him being like a Jalen McDaniels, like as an aspirational comp. For me right now, if I were to tailor it back to a Lakers player or Lakers players, I could see him being some sort of in-between fusion of a Jared Vanderbilt and a Kyle Kuzma, where Kuzma brings sort of that, sort of brings those flashes of a fluid wing, but in a power forward's body. And I think eventually that's where Alex Fudge will settle in at the next level as a power forward, especially if he fills out his body. But so far, I have really liked the explosiveness, his hustle, him doing all the dirty work stuff, and then obviously his defensive potential and being able to bother people with his length. But... I remember when we first, during our draft episode podcast, before we had even seen any of these guys play in Summer League, you had mentioned out of like those three guys as well, you were pretty intrigued by Alex Fudge. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Fudge if you have any? And do you do you agree with the Lakers swapping out Cole Swider for Alex Fudge, even though Cole Swider had a really good Summer League? I mean, he averaged 15 points and shot like 42% from three. But yeah, your thoughts on Fudge. Cole Swider did look a little bit better, I thought, this year compared to what he looked like last year in, in his limited minutes and even in the summer league. But 
I, to me, this was like a no-brainer swap. I'm surprised, candidly, that they did this because mm. especially like the Lakers historically, when it comes to these types of signings, especially when they have a kind of stacked roster like we do now, like in terms of depth, right? Like it feels like we usually go for the safe choice. And like Cole Swider does one thing extremely, extremely well, which yeah. is shoot, right? As of right now, Alex Fudge does not do any one thing in particular, you know, as good as Cole Swider shoots. I think that's a fair statement. But, you know, you can kind to your point, right? You can kind of see how Alex Fudge's like skills at 6'9 and his defensive intensity and his athleticism, again, at that 6'9, you know, height with a seven foot plus wingspan, like what he can contribute in like actual meaningful NBA games. And I think we saw, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but in the playoffs last year, it was obviously it became very, very clear that you can do whatever you want to do in the regular season, but you ha- you can't be one dimensional in the playoffs. You have to be able to play both ends. And Cole Swider, like unclear whether he was going to be able to get there. Now, like you mentioned, right with Miami, it's sort of interesting for him. Just as a little aside here, like Miami, obviously they play a lot of zone. They do things to like hide their poor defenders, like. Cole Swider might th- thrive there, and so maybe this will end up working out for both sides. But yeah, from what we saw with Fudge in the preseason, he is super, super athletic. We have Jared Vanderbilt already, obviously, who kind of fills this role. Vanderbilt only has one year under contract with us remaining. Who knows what's going to happen this season? Who knows what kind of contract he's going to demand? You have to sort of like build up the, you know, I guess bullpen of like, these six seven or six eight six nine type of athletic wing players like you know what we used to call tweener forwards but now seems to be like the desired sort yeah. of size um it's like it was like in the 2000s like you draft a six eight guy and the only question was like well what position does he play and now it's like you draft a six eight guy with a seven foot wingspan and it's like yeah that's what we want you know mm-hmm. so it's so fudge fits that like kind of modern mold it he really needs time in the G League because you know offensively he has a lot to learn. He's got to get a more consistent shot. I think like you know your point about being most excited about him between our three signing or three two way guys is totally totally fair. I think he has the highest upside of mm-hmm. all three. I also think he has the lowest floor. Right? If you're thinking about yeah. floors like. Demoy Hodge, you kind of already know what he is. He he can be a solid player. Like Colin Castleton, his size and skill at that size, like with passing and his touch around the rim, etc., that gives him like a naturally fairly high floor. Alex Fudge might not be in the league in a few years, like if he doesn't like develop his offensive skills, right? So, but on the flip side, if he does develop those offensive skills, he could be way more valuable than than either of the other two guys. So, it. With this new system of like getting, you know, three, three way, three, two way contracts, I think like taking a shot on a guy like Fudge with the third spot makes like way too much sense. It's like you have Castleton who can maybe even contribute this season in some capacity, right? Limited in spot minutes. Like if they, if they call him up, like you have Hodge, sort of same thing. And then you have Fudge who, is more of like a high upside play, like maybe bring him back next year, sort of like we did with Swider, and like see what he can do. Um, so yeah, overall, I'm I'm excited about the signing. He looks like some, I'm not going to give a comp 
I'm just gonna say he looks like someone, and I cannot put my finger on who this guy looks like. <laughs> he like looks like someone. So he's got this face that I'm like, I've seen your face before, but I just I can't put my finger on it. And that's that concludes my analysis. Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna uh, shove fudge down your throats for any much longer. But uh, you made a good point about him having the lowest floor, but at the same time. Even from what we've seen, if he just develops his body, I could see him, if he never develops his offensive game, I could see him becoming like a, and this is such a random name, and this is a throwback and a deep cut, but I could see him becoming some sort of a, like, Jamario Moon type player, you know, like he just, (laughs) he just does the dirty work, gets rebounds, hustles, is pretty elite in transition, gets, uh, gets blocks, steals, etc. But, but yeah, hopefully... He rounds into form because I don't think his jump shot looks broken. He even hit a three in summer league. And also the Lakers actually worked him out multiple times. At the very least, they worked him out twice. So you know that they were really honed in on him. And that kind of has me a little bit excited. But yeah, with that said, that's it for Alex Fudge time. I don't know where I'm sticking this, but hope you guys enjoyed that random segment. And with that said, that'll do it for this episode. So Tommy, I'll see you later. And uh, let's go eat some fudge. Okay, bye. Peace. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.